On today's Ringer NFL show, we're chatting about the biggest news in years to some people, legalized gambling, and we'll preview the offseason as we are officially in the dog days of the NFL calendar. But as always, we're brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. There are a ton of great shows for you. The Ringer NBA show is going to be incredible basically for the next month. We have conference final breakdowns. The lottery is Tuesday. You'll get all the analysis you need from greats like Kevin O'Connor. We also have coming June 11th, Binge Mode Harry Potter. If you think you've heard Mallory Rubin get excited about anything before, I guarantee you've never heard anything like Binge Mode Harry Potter. Also, go to TheRinger.com to check out Brian Curtis on the media's role in gambling's legalization and normalization. And we also have Kevin O'Connor on the conference finals. Just an incredible time for TheRinger.com. Full of great stuff. Go there right now. All right, with that, let's get to the show. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Kevin Clark with Danny Kelly on the other line. Danny. Yeah. What's happening, Danny, man? you're in Seattle. Yeah, I'm back. You were in California last week. Did the tourist thing. I, I, I came down to work for the for the meetings in L.A., and then I went up to San Francisco and kind of checked out the sites. I'd never been there before, so that was cool. You'd never been to San Francisco despite living in Seattle. Was this like no. a hardline 49ers thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just couldn't bear to go there. No, it's just uh, I've been to the airport, but I don't know. I'd never done the tourist thing around there, so drove wow. around, went and saw the sites. It was really cool. Wow. Okay. All right. So <laughs> let's get to the big news. And, you know, you and I spoke on Sunday, and we we knew what we were going to talk about, but it wasn't exactly the most thrilling stuff in the world. This is right. as dead a period on the NFL calendar is going to get. Rookie minicamp, I understand the I, fascination is the wrong word for it, but I understand the interest in it, but these guys don't even really have pads on, and you can't glean anything from it, and the idea that there's phenoms breaking out in rookie minicamp <laughs> yeah. is a little bit misguided. We'll get to that in, in a little bit, but Danny, Gambling, gambling on a statewide level has been, it's not going to be immediately approved because obviously there's only a handful of states to have passed legalized gambling bills, New Jersey being on the forefront of it. A couple other states, Mississippi, a couple other states in the Northeast, aside from New Jersey, have gotten there. But the Supreme Court has given the okay for that. I don't think it's an overstatement to say sports are going to change forever. Danny, when you think about gambling and football and the fact that there are going to be many states where you're going to be able to gamble legally. How do you think, first of all, big picture, this changes everything? Well, I mean, it changes, it changes the whole sport in a lot of ways. I mean, it kind of feels like, I think I saw someone writing about this today. It it feels a little bit about like what it, what fantasy football did for football in terms of just changes the way that people watch the game. It's going to change the way that people are interested in, in, individual plays and individual players obviously when there's money attached when you got some skin in the game it it takes a bore what would normally be like a boring matchup and and turns it into something really interesting that you're you know rooting for and you have you know a rooting interest for so i think that is kind of what it reminds me of a little bit just like the way that the game changed the way that's i mean that's really fantasy football is how i got so hardcore into the nfl honestly and, and back in the day and i think it could sort of change the way people watch the game. So it's interesting you say that because when I talk to people in the gambling industry, one of the things they talk about a lot is Thursday night football. And the fact that we all look at Thursday night football and we watch it and it's Titans versus Jaguars or 
Browns versus Bengals, and we're all like, what the hell is this? Meanwhile, there is a ton of money dropped on that particular game because it's a primetime game, because it's the only game in in midweek, essentially, and people love gambling on football. (laughs) I think you're going to see even more engagement with stuff like that. I think that, you know, they've tried to roll back the 9 a.m. windows on Sunday. I think you might see more windows because of it. I think there's, I mean, there are a ton of unintended consequences. I thought, you know, Mark Mark Cuban was on CNBC Tuesday morning, and he was saying, first of all, for the the three major sports, he expects franchise values to double. He had the quip, the accurate quip that the baseball might be fun again. I wouldn't yeah. go that far though. I wouldn't I wouldn't let's not <laughs> let's not go crazy. You're gonna here. get some hate mail, buddy. From who? Uh baseball fans? Are there any? Yes, there are. Ooh, there are now some. you're gonna get hate mail. Ooh. Oh wow. Okay, so we need Maze here. Maze is the big baseball guy on, on oh, the yeah, NFL he, podcast. He literally was like watching the Cubs on his computer. He's not here right now movie. because he's in the Wrigley bleachers. <laughs> I, that's not true. That's not true. But it, it might be true. Okay, so here's the interesting thing. So the New York Post had a really good rundown and sort of, and and there's a million rundowns that are all really fascinating about what's going to happen next. And the most interesting thing I I saw was in the New York Post where they, they, they talked about where the leagues could get in on the action because so the leagues want to, the the MLB and NBA want a 1% integrity fee, which is the funniest term ever. The integrity fee. So (laughs) first of all, the idea that they need 1% of all of gambling revenue from the sports books to police things. Have, has, have, have leaks shown a track record of being able to police things? <laughs> That's a shitload of money, too. That's a ton That's of money. insane also, amount of money. You know, it's, it's, so the American Gaming Association was talking about that earlier, and they were saying essentially that a 1% fee is a 20% tax yeah. because books only keep about 5%. So it's it's taking twenty percent of the profits, and that's that's just not going to happen. Yeah. So yeah. I would not anticipate that, especially at that number, and I maybe not anything. I think I think that's going to be a very complicated process going forward. Now, where can the leagues get in on this? Well, the answer is their proprietary data, and mm. that that was what some of the experts have been talking about. So the example the post used was how many steps LeBron James takes in a game. Well, player tracking data, which is essentially proprietary to the league they've got that and they can sell that and they can sell that to whichever bookmaker wants to make a deal with the individual leagues what i think is fascinating is you have all these next gen stats mm-hmm. you have all these new measurements you're going to have um zebra gps all over the field especially starting this year you can leaving aside the obvious bets who's going to win the game the money right. line uh, the props, you know, over under three touchdowns for for Tom Brady or, or Aaron Rodgers. You're going to be able to bet on over under does Antonio Brown run faster than 19 miles per hour on a given play? I mean, <laughs> I think that's weird. I think that not only is legalization of gambling going to change how we view sports, it's also coinciding with sort of a data revolution in sports that's going to expand even what we bet on. Because, yeah. I mean, you got to remember in, 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 in England, where betting has been legal for years and is phenomenal, by the way, and they bet on first who has the first throw in in a soccer game. Because they yeah. can bet on everything. And Just an insane amount of when, stuff. Yeah, and I think that when you start expanding it and you start saying we have this information 
what can you do with it? I think the next gen stats going to be pretty f- interesting to gamble on. I think that, uh, as the post said, LeBron James total steps in a game will be fascinating. Uh, you know, second half of back to back sort of thing. You know, do you, do you take the under? I, I just I think that we're not even thinking about all the things that in the next five to ten years are going to be able to be gambled on within the sports. I think that you know the NFL and gambling is a very interesting thing. The NFL basically came out today and said they want federal legislation which is just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, Danny, before we get into the nitty-gritty on that, you do not gamble on football, nor do I. <laughs> right. We gam- you don't? I, I gamble on other things. Okay, um, okay. I just I don't think it's professional in my... You know, I have to deal with NFL players and NFL coaches and NFL GMs all the time. I just don't think fair, it's professional fair. to bet on football ever. Now, for you, when you look at the fact that in, in Washington they might start legalized gambling in a couple of years mm-hmm. do you have any interest in picking up a gambling b football gambling i think it makes it more likely that me i will start doing it and many of my friends will start doing it i don't, I don't actually know anyone that has like a bookie and 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 goes like I, the illegal route gonna, or whatever i'm gonna stop you right there you you, you definitely do danny <laughs> okay you well i've never talked because we I know some of the same people you definitely do <laughs> I'm talking about like people that live here, but yeah, I mean, I'm oh, sure Seattle. I do, but I'm sure there are tons of people yeah. that do it, but I, it's not something that's sort of in the mainstream. Dude, all anybody cares about in Seattle is just acquiring more like Patagonia gear. <laughs> that's extremely true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Everyone, it's like nobody in, in Southern California and in New York and in Florida and all the places that I've lived, everyone has a bookie to bet on like college football and everyone in Washington state just has a guy who's a hookup for hiking gear. <laughs> Expensive That's hiking actually, that gear. That like hits really close to home um, because I do have that. So, but yeah, I mean, it's not like, um, it's not like part of the mainstream. I feel like at least in, in my friend group that, that people have bookies and they, they really heavily bet like my friend group, when we go to games, we all have, it's like the tradition to bring, you know, like a couple dozen ones and we all make these, mini bets on things that happen throughout the game like you know it's the same deal as like who's going to make the next throw in and in soccer it's going to be like who's the next target you, you know yeah. everybody puts in a dollar and, and blah 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 and i think on a bigger scale legalizing gambling is going to make that kind of stuff like the live in-game betting yeah. a lot bigger you know and and it's like because there's commercial breaks and, and quarters and half times and you can do all this stuff as the game is happening and I think that is an area where this this legalized get gambling and, and getting being able to do it like on your phone live as the game's going on, I think it's going to be huge. It's kind of like I don't know. It's it's a sea change in how people could watch the game, sure. you know. And it's it's like for everyone who I you know obviously for sports writers probably it does feel like sports gambling is mainstream, but I think that it isn't completely mainstream yet. I think it's. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's borderline, and I think it's going to sort of enter the mainstream world of, of watching sports. Yeah. So, what sports people are going to bet on is is the, the thing to watch because I've done a lot of research on football gambling and how the trends are going. And what's interesting to me is if you look at the total handle in the in the Nevada books, and those are all public. It's pretty well regulated. Um, with the casinos and the sports books in America. And if you look at the the amount of money dropped on the NFL, it's fairly stagnant. It's fairly flat over a six-year period, five or six years. And I think that's interesting 
what's not flat is baseball. What's not flat is basketball, other sports, soccer. There's more money being bet on that. And the reason that's happening from people I've spoken with, it's the, the mobile betting, and it's a huge percentage of Nevada. So essentially in Nevada, if you register with a casino, you can bet within Nevada state lines anytime you want. And mm-hmm. the reason that those sports are getting more and more popular is because with mobile betting, as far as betting goes, because with mobile betting, you can wake up on a Tuesday and say, I want to place a bet. And there's no NFL on those days. So what do you do? You, you bet on ra- mm. Raptors versus Bucks. You bet on Reds versus Brewers. Those are two baseball teams, right? <laughs> yeah padres correct padres mariners which seems like a, a matchup that would happen they do interleague <laughs> play all the time now right isn't that right can i get a fact check on that jim no you can't i can't get a fact check or that they don't do interleague play all the time no fact checks okay thank you <laughs> uh, thank you jim and so uh you know and so i i think the way different sports develop because of this change would be fascinating to watch. I agree with basically everybody that ratings will go up for the NFL, but I think it will go up even more for other sports. Um, I want a question for you yeah. along those lines. Yeah. Is, you know, because right now we've talked about oversaturation of the NFL. It's yeah. hurting the NFL. Do you think that there's any chance this gambling thing sort of ramps up the saturation of the sport no. in terms of how many games you're having per week? Sure. I, I think the trade off will be enough for the NFL, which is they will not be, the ratings will, 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 will stop going down. The ratings will stop going yeah. down. I mean, the argument was they were down 20% over a two-year period, and the reason was because they just had too many game windows. I think that's going to, that that fall will end, and so mm-hmm. you're not going to hear anything about the saturation just because the ratings will will have an uptick. So will some people who especially aren't gambling tune out because there's just too much football yes definitely but i think generally the trade-off and people who are really devoted to that browns Bengals game because they have 50 bucks on it i think that is going to reverse some of the nfl's woes you know mm-hmm. last year and i did some research on this but last year you know there were weeks and months where college football had more gambling than the nfl which hadn't happened in years years and years uh, I think it may have happened in a, in a couple of consecutive weeks in November last year. And again, there's a lot of reasons for that. But the NFL needs gambling a little needs widespread gambling a little bit more than many people think. And that's why I think it's so funny that the MLB and the NBA have been working with people asking for the integrity fee for a couple of years, whereas the NFL has still kind of got its head in the sand. Uh, the PGA Tour... I just saw a statement that they, you know, they're they're gung ho about this. The UFC and MLS, they're gung ho about this. So, the vast majority of leagues understand mm-hmm. why this is important. The NCAA obviously hates it because they hate anything that's a good idea. But <laughs> you can say the same about the NFL, I think. Yeah, I mean, the NFL is <laughs> a little more open to good ideas, but not by much. <laughs> right. And so, uh, yeah. So I, I just think that there, are, the unintended consequences that shake out from this are going to be fascinating. I think it will only help the NFL. But again, I think other sports will be helped more. Danny, what are you going to gamble on? So if, if you're not going to gamble on football, <laughs> what are you going to get? Because I gamble on a lot of different sports, just not football. I'm, aw- I'm well aware of the gambling trends in football just because I have to be and I study it all the time. I've done entire podcasts about the gambling inefficiencies 
in the NFL. But yeah. are there, are you just are you going to become like a? I want to become a huge NASCAR fan. What? Tell me what I? Yeah, what should I gamble? on? I feel like uh, there's probably a lot of sports that now people are just going to become just total sharps at that <laughs> that I don't think about. Like I want to become it's a, all a the NASCAR. Sports. I want to become yeah. a NASCAR sharp. Cornhole is good now. Cornhole, thank you, Jim. Mm, yeah, um, I've been seeing a lot of darts. On TV lately. Yeah, well, that's an English thing. It's like the BBC America is that's an showing English all this thing. darts. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty exciting stuff. I like, I, I bet I could be good at like Formula One gambling. <laughs> I think I, I'm, I'm going to set out, I'm going to set out, it's going to be a bit for me. I'm going to, I'm going to figure you out Just betting on weird stuff? Yeah. No, I mean, the Formula One's not that weird, but NASCAR would be a little weirder. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure this out. All right. Anything else on gambling? I mean, I just think you kind of touched on it at the beginning, but I think the analytics part of this is really interesting to me because number one, like you said, teams are going to be, they're going to be motivated or, or the league in general is going to be motivated to either sell their information or license it or whatever. But I think on the outside too, as gambling becomes more mainstream and popular and um, like a part of daily sports watching, I think there's going to be outside companies too, that probably ramp up their ability to analyze everything. And you could, you know, it could, it could be, good for companies like football outsiders or PFF or yep. whoever, you know, because they're able to harness some of the, some of the trends and, and like the real strength and efficiencies of teams and things like that. And I think that is only going to grow as you see this sort of, you know, sea change in the way that we watch sports. So I think that's really cool too. And, you know, could kind of bleed back onto teams too. Like we're seeing free agent or, uh, you know, front offices that are a little more, willing to go with analytics and, and all that, I think that could, you know, again, be sort of a a way that teams start to embrace it a little bit stronger. Yeah. I mean, look, the the big data stuff is fascinating. It's only going to help people. Yeah. You know, for I do a lot of that stuff with golf gambling and I only lose like half of the money I have every major <laughs> instead of all of it. Golf gambling, man. I love it. It's bad, dude. I'm not <laughs> it. It's not bad. I'm bad. <laughs> I'm bad at it. I've hit on one huge bet in my entire life, and it was on it was a boxing bet, and mm-hmm. it convinced me for like two years that I was good, or a year that I was good at gambling. Do you and, think gambling is more luck or, or skill? Well, I mean, obviously there are people who are really good at it, but they right. still lose a lot Sharps. of their bets. So it's yeah. a, it's a little bit of both. But there are people who are a hell of a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. Wait till I figure out NASCAR. I just can't wait, man. Can you name a NASCAR driver? Uh, I'm probably if I name one, it probably he'd probably be retired. Jeff Gordon is, is he still? Space. No, he's is he gone. still racing. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy yeah. Stewart. I think he's still around. Jimmy Stewart is a actor, and it's a wonderful. Jimmy, life. Jimmy Johnson <laughs> is where I was trying yeah, to go. Or yeah. Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart. That's who. Yeah, that or Jimmy was. Stewart. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> There's it's probably just, a Jimmy Stewart. Let's I'm, be honest. Who drives a car? There's probably a yes. Jimmy Stewart who drives a car somewhere, somewhere on the somewhere planet. in the rankings. Yes. I just fact checked Jimmy Johnson, and he used to coach the Cowboys. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. <laughs> All right, the draft is over. Mm-hmm. We've discussed the draft and everything else. We had rookie mini camps. Do you know what that means, Danny? We're in OTA season, and it's the most <laughs> boring part of the NFL calendar. I love that right now. 70% of the news that's coming out of anything is like rookies signing their contracts, which is the least newsworthy thing I can even imagine because of the, you know, the the new CBA. It's like literally doesn't matter. But I see all these reports like so-and-so signed their contract. I don't 
care. Like that is the least important news item I've ever seen. Can I say the one genre of rookie media, rookie minicamp media coverage I hate, which is just <laughs> this this draft pick is vaguely aware of a famous player from the, the team he was drafted on. It's like <laughs> Roquan Smith understands the legacy of Dick Butkus. What? That was just a headline I saw. Uh, I was like, what? Okay. Like, why is he talking about this? It happens all the time. Just like any Steelers safety. He know, he watched a YouTube video of Troy Polamalu. <laughs> it's like, okay, man, that's cool. Knows. Every single, it's like every Dolphins quarterback. It's just like, hey, what do you think about Dan Marino? I, I saw him on TV once. Oh, wow. We're going to write a thousand words about that. That's my... That is my one. I, I, you know, I don't want to step on Brian Curtis's corner here, but that is a a a media pet peeve of mine. So here's what we're gonna do, because we're in the dog days of summer, we're going to look at just the things we think matter these yeah. next couple of months: May, June, July. I'm gonna be out of the country for like three of these weeks. I have timed it because it is the most boring time of the calendar. But there are things that matter over the off season, over OTAs. Danny, what's your first one? Well, my first one is the Carson Wentz yes. recovery situation. Obviously, is it possible we're not talking enough about that? Yeah, I think so. Honestly, this is the Super Bowl champion team, right? And and it doesn't really seem like it's on a lot of people. I well, mean, they won the Super Bowl without him. What's that? That they won the Super Bowl without him. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's a the, going a full season without your starter versus winning a couple of games. Yes, in the playoffs of course. Versus your start no, no, no. Starter. I understand that. I'm just saying that's part of the. There's probably not as much panic over yeah. over yeah. him as there are about some of the other quarterbacks we're going to talk about in a second. I'm just rationalizing why there's less talk about it than there should be. I mean, he was the MVP for until yeah. December first, basically. He's one of so he's one of the most exciting young quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, obviously it's the Super Bowl champion team and it re- it really doesn't feel like we we're talking about it all that much i mean no. it's kind of this assumption that he's going to be back and ready to go and and full you know full speed ahead or whatever when week one hits but i think there's some question whether that's the case and so it's i think it to me is one of the biggest things to monitor over the next few months is is how once you know if he gets back on the field how he starts throwing and you know if he has any rust to knock off and all that stuff it's gonna be important because I mean, the Eagles have just a stacked roster, and they should be another Super Bowl favorite again this year. But I think the Wentz situation is is a really big factor. So, one report of the last couple of weeks I thought was interesting. Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network reported that he's worried—not worried, excuse me—he's focusing on keeping his mechanics sound. And by all reports, he has because I think that mm-hmm. first of all, there's been two years worth of talk about Wentz's mechanics, and a right. lot of the tape gurus have been unfairly critical as we now see about some of the flaws in his delivery and i guess the natural worry is that he would fall into some bad habits if he has if he you know can't put pressure on some parts of his leg or or all that and i Mm -hmm. I think it's extremely encouraging that if he comes back that if the reports on his mechanics are are correct that those will still be sound because that would be the really the as long as he can put weight on the leg uh, the only real hurdle to getting back to full strength would be that now there's some mobility questions i think that the one of the biggest reasons that that Carson Wentz was a success, especially last year, was just the ability that he could move around the pocket. Yeah, he is an athlete; he's really good. And you know, I think that the, the, one of the big things with, with an ACL, I've talked to guys before. Aside from the physical part, the part that's the mental part that you can't even yeah you can't even imagine, and you can't even work on it until you're 
getting full speed reps. It's something I imagine that's probably been hurt a little bit by the new CBA and the fact that you can't just go out there and knock the crap out of each other is the yeah. fact that you, you're not going to know until you get into a game environment how, how you're mentally going to react to it. I remember speaking with Ronnie Brown a couple of years ago, and it was after his ACL. It was a 08, I guess, because his ACL was 07. And he was talking about how every time you're about to make the cut that caused the injury, you start hesitate. to you start to hesitate. And with with Carson, it was a little different because he was basically pancaked between two defenders. So there's nothing really you can do about that. That was a weird injury. But yeah. on the other hand, it's possible he has a little bit of, of hesitation if he's just going to dive into the end zone or dive for the extra yard or whatever. I mean, I just – this is – Again, it is not nothing against Carson Wentz. It's just some. There, I've talked to a lot of players who've had that hesitation to where it might take a couple of preseason games. Maybe it takes the third preseason game for him to be comfortable making all the plays he was able to make because it's just it's scary. It's just human nature. And so right. I think watching a guy like Wentz this offseason is really important and all of training camp. I mean, I think he's the most important person in training camp except for maybe – Deshaun Watson. I mean, even that. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that that the only reason I say Watson might be a little more important is because we we just saw how good the Eagles can be without him. Whereas the Texans without Deshaun Watson right. were an absolute tire fire, and with him looked like the most exciting team in the league. But we'll we'll, we'll get to that in a right, second. Right. So here's my first summer watch. Yeah, Andrew Luck. I know this is a huge one. Yeah. So it's been. <laughs> Oh, something like 450 days since he last threw a football or threw something. Threw a ball. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. A, I'm. I'm getting. I'm getting worried and angry again. I just so Frank Reich said Andrew Luck is completely engaged. Charlie Castler of the NFL Network reported he'll he'll be full go for training camp. All that. Yeah, they're very confident he's going to be ready. When was the last time we didn't he, we we heard anything other than that? We heard that during the Pagano Grigson last time. year. Yeah, last year we were talking about this, <laughs> and and it's like, oh, he's gonna be fine, and then he just wasn't fine. Now this, I this will luck say, thing, there's the a, luck thing reminds me of what you're just saying about Wentz. So sorry to interrupt you there. No, but, no, no. Go ahead. Um, this luck thing reminds me of what you're saying about Wentz because, I mean, they're being so careful with him, which is the right thing to do. I think obviously you don't want to push him back too fast. You have plenty of time to get him going, but. It feels like they really have kid gloves kid gloves on him right now and to me that makes me worried about his state of mind too like how tentative is he going to be when he's out there playing he's, is he going to be aggressive is he going to just I don't know it's 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 just makes me worried with the the mental state of mind it took this long to get back like is he going to have the confidence and aggressiveness and and you know that air about him that he had early in his career sure. you know that is is that going to be completely absent now going forward? That's so, what I that's what I'm worried about. It, it's interesting to me because there are a lot of things about Andrew Luck's game. You know, this is a guy who, when he came into the NFL, said he liked getting hit because he thinks that just sort of gets him into the game. You know, Will Brinson last year, over a year ago, had a had a thing about just everything that the Colts have said about Andrew Luck's injury oh, history no. since 2015 and it's just <laughs> it's just kind of ridiculous. I know it's a different regime, it's a different GM, it's a different coaching staff, but I just get I'm I'm just I am so hopeful that this is the year he turns it around that I'm just so nervous for it and I'm waiting to see the steps. And I'm 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 rooting for him maybe more than I'm rooting for any any player in the league to yeah. actually start training camp healthy because 
I, I think it would be great to have another young quarterback in the NFL healthy. I think that that exactly. changes the entire complexion of the AFC if he was 100% healthy and 100% full go. I just worry after, you know, what, two years off, essentially, a year and a half right. off, that, I mean, he played in 15 games in 2016, but he was still banged up, um, that after all of that time off, that it's going to take... It's a little different than just a straight ACL. I mean, that's just the luck injury will be, I know this is not a scientific term, it will be rust. The rust he'll have to shake off. And every little thing that I think that made him great will have to come back to him. So even if he's back healthy, it's going to take him a little bit. So I'm intrigued to see the OTAs, the mini camps, then when he finally starts throwing in training camp. It's, 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 It's for me... Going to Colts training camp and seeing Luck throw will be one of the most important things in my training camp tour this year. Yeah. I mean, when you think about the absolute precision NFL quarterbacks need to have, you know, both timing and accuracy, putting it exactly where the ball needs to be. Yep. I mean, that is huge. And and Luck was really, really accurate, really good thrower. I mean, just a natural thrower. There's a reason he was the second coming of Manning or whatever when he came out of college. And I mean, if, if it's even a, a very minimal decrease in accuracy or timing or whatever, like that could be huge. And so, yeah, the one it's, thing it's is, you know, I spoke two weeks ago about how Jacoby Brissett was the best deep ball thrower in the league and that he tied with Cam Newton for most incomplete, accurate deep passes. Mm-hmm. I just can't wait for Andrew Luck to just throw incredible dime passes that get dropped. I'm very <laughs> excited for that. Yeah. Um, let's do the other thing they're landing his landing spots not ideal I mean like they don't have much offensive talent right now especially the receiver position I mean it's no. T.Y. Hilton and a bunch of guys no so. yeah yes oh they have Quentin Nelson now that helps that definitely helps did you I see mean, their offensive did you, line did you see Quentin Nelson working after practice that went viral the other day <laughs> no he but was, I believe oh, it you're not gonna believe it he stayed after practice <laughs> just grinding <laughs> just grinding the off-season storylines the, lo- the bar the low bar to to go viral in a rookie minicamp is incredible <laughs> just like uh he he practiced outside and uh and hit a goal post with his shoulder that was the practice <laughs> the nfl is gonna find him now and, and dock a few draft picks because they they pushed him too hard though yeah. probably yeah so the next thing that i'm really interested in watching i think this is kind of a pretty common one is is just the the Raiders, the John Gruden Raiders. I think it's just going to be really interesting to kind of just follow along. And right now, it just feels like it's going to be a debacle. I mean, he's he's made a whole bunch of moves. He's gotten the team. It feels like he's the, made the team a whole lot older. He wants to take the take them back, you know, to 1998 or whatever he said. Obviously, you know, as you wrote about it, it's maybe just coach speak to throw people off. He but. didn't know if it was data or data, which I think. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think he got too much, too much uh, heat for the data data thing. But what about his moves? What about oh, his the roster? Moves. Moves? Oh, the roster. Oh, you mean the football? The part, the important part. Well, every so first of all, he did he <laughs> he did this thing where he said that like all of these coaches were calling him to congratulate him on a great draft. Is that right? Yeah, he yeah. said that. I'm not totally sure that happened. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe they were just excited that he took the players that they didn't want and so it allowed them to you know get the players they wanted that's sure. like why they're excited sure so there's a couple things i truly believe that john gruden has done more research on how to win in the nfl than he's led on yeah i, I know that he you know the analytics the analytics guys have been marginalized in the building and all that stuff but 
it's not like John Gruden wasn't staying current on the game. I understand he said he wanted to go back to, to 1998. I think it will be a lot of old school tendencies. I think that there's a possibility this whole thing is a disaster. I just have to think that he is not he is he is buying publicly into this caveman shtick, but I don't right. I don't know how much it's going to be that. Now, let's broaden this, and it's something I've talked about before. Tom Coughlin pretends he doesn't know how to work a cell phone. Nobody uses <laughs> GPS more than Tom Coughlin. Bill Belichick has been awarded and accepted a award from Sloan Sports Analytics Conference. He's talking yeah. about it at Sloan via video, and. During a press conference two years ago, he mockingly called it like the Northeast Analytics Conference, the Northeastern. He <laughs> pretended it was Northeastern and not MIT. Yeah. And uh, we know that not to be true. He's sort of going out with the caveman shtick, too. He likes the idea that he doesn't know. My Belichick pretending to not know things is a great genre. Yeah. One the time best. when I believe when uh, the revolution got to the MLS Cup final, which had been three years ago, three or four years ago, when they had Jermaine Jones and all that, they said, is there, you know, because the revolution practiced right next to the Patriots, yeah. sometimes in the same field if they're not practicing on the same day. And they said, is there a, uh, you know, connection between the two teams? And Belichick said, I don't really know the rules of soccer, <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't really make any sense. Right. He played lacrosse, lacrosse, and I mean, all sports are sort of soccer adjacent. How do you not know the rules of soccer? There's like five <laughs> rules. I love the Belichick rope dope thing, but like he pretends well, he just to be wanted dumb. to shut down the question. Yeah, but if yeah. he's pre- there's a difference between pretending to be dumb and actually being dumb. Right. And I where get, does where does Gruden land? That's, right, that's it. That it's that is the question. Yeah, that is the question. The number one defining question of John Gruden in 2018 <laughs> is: Is, he, is he pretending to be dumb, or <laughs> is he dumb? If yeah. you were to guess, Danny, where would you fall on that? Oh, man, well, I'm leaning towards that he's dumb, but I mean, that's what makes it so much fun. Is that you know he could just be kind of like duping us, duping us all. You know what's and- happening right now, Danny? What's that? You know what's happening right now? What's that? You're in the front here. You're on record as saying John Gruden is dumb. <laughs> oh, no. You know what you're. You know what I'm doing while you're doing that. <laughs> I'm sneaking out the back door and not answering the question, <laughs> so that I can play both sides in September when they start the rain out. That's smart. That's it's smart. phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Okay, my second thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's the biggest X factor in the AFC right now. Mm-hmm. Aside from whether or not Ben Roethlisberger texts Mason Rudolph, <laughs> it's Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt's health. Yeah. Because Watt was basically out all of last year. Deshaun Watson appeared in, what, six games and looked like a top 10 quarterback and then was yeah. promptly ripped away from, from the greater football world. Those are two blue chip guys. And like the Yeah, Watt was at one point probably the best player in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. And if you both those guys are healthy, you know, we did the exercise a couple of months ago. What would happen if everybody in the NFL were healthy? What would the playoffs look like? Someone asked us that in the in the, mm. in the in during the playoffs and, and we loved exploring it. And I think the biggest takeaway at that point is what if the damn Texans had Watt and Deshaun God. Watson? What happens yeah. in the AFC? Did the Jaguars win it still? 
How did the how did the AFC South become the most interesting division in NFL? That was a turn. That took well, a turn. Well, it just has so many variables. <laughs> right. What if, well, what what I mean. what if Blake Bortles was good? Right. You know, like with that defense. What if Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt were healthy? What if Marcus Mariota had a coach who knew what to do with him? Maybe oh, he man. does now. Yeah. Maybe he does now. I don't know the answer to that. I love the Titans this year, too, man. They're, they're going to be really exciting to watch just what based if, on totally new offense and all that. It's going to be great. What if Andrew Luck threw a football <laughs> at some exactly. point? What if that happened? I mean, I, your... I just think that's fascinating. And I think that the OTAs are going to spell that out. You know, J.J. Watt had his, had a, like a charity golf thing last week that he was talking about. He says rehab's on schedule. Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson, I'm less clear on. But if those guys are healthy and those guys can make OTAs, training camp, mini camp, all that stuff, look out, man. That's a Bill good Bill O'Brien team. said that Watson would be ready for training camp. Yeah, well, so I mean, that's, that's everybody's good. supposed to be ready for training camp. Let me ask you something, because... Obviously, Watson lit the NFL on fire last year. I mean, he was probably the most exciting player for a few weeks there. What is your bar for success for him going into next year? Because I think it's pretty clear. Well, I mean, I would assume it's pretty clear. He's not going to be able to do exactly what he did last year. I mean, like his touchdown percentage last year was 9.3, which is unsustainable. I mean, like Matt Ryan, his Super Bowl or in his MVP season. Unsustainable for mortals. (laughs) <laughs> right. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, do you think he can do that again? Because I was I was going to say Matt Ryan, his MVP year when he was extremely efficient, I think it was like 7% or something like nine is insane. Yeah. Um, I think so what, that, what's your I, bar I, for it's success? It's not going to be that. It's not going to no. be. But he also had that one Seahawks game that just completely tilted everything statistically. That game was awesome. And he did. He, I mean, he it's attacked not Earl like Thomas was, with like the first play. He was, was not great. flawless as far as turnovers go. No, no. I mean, I just think that I I think he can be a really good quarterback. I don't think he's going to come in and be a top five quarterback this year, but I could see him being top 10 in 2018 if he's fully healthy. If he has a full training camp and doesn't have to use September to knock off the rust, he could be a top 10 quarterback without a doubt. And then you have J.J. Watt, who could potentially be the best player in the NFL if he's healthy. And that's a big if because he's had a lot of injuries. You know, you start getting into the back stuff and sometimes that just doesn't get better. It all gets connected, too. What you doing the the knee bone connected to the hip bone thing? <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I am doing. Yeah. Oh, that was it. That was what you're doing. Would you like to <laughs> keep, keep going on those lines? Do you want me to sing it? Oh, okay. Yeah, if um, you could. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't uh, know. I don't even know what it is. I can never. I don't knee, even know what it is. Uh, yeah. I'm not even gonna try. I almost just tried, but I'm not gonna try. Please don't. Okay, now that we have that out of the way, we're gonna do our big predictions. For the offseason. This is not mm. the stuff we're watching. This is the stuff we see coming down the line. Danny, if you were to predict anything, what would it be? Oh, man, if I was going to predict anything? Do it. Um, I think that Earl Thomas does not end up getting oh, traded. Oh, wow. And I think if it was going to happen, it was going to happen during the draft. I'll put okay. it that way. Because I think that the Seahawks were certainly open to it. And they've kind of treated this situation a little bit like how they treated the the Richard Sherman situation last year. They ended up keeping him and then... We saw what happened there, but I think they they recognize that he's just too important to their defense right now. They don't really have a, a, a replacement for him on their roster. And so the fact that, number one, they didn't seem to get a ton of interest from for him in terms of what they wanted to get. You know, I think they were asking a first-round pick or something like that. I don't see that kind of changing anytime soon, unless there's a major injury or something like that. But it just feels like the Earl Thomas trade train has, has ended, even though he is now 
you know, hinting at a holdout. He he didn't come to the man, the the voluntary workouts. And, you Isn't know, that kinda... doesn't he skip a lot of those workouts? <sighs> to be honest with you, I don't think so. I oh, think okay. he's always kind of done them. I, I don't quote me on that because I'm not 100 percent sure. I think but... I remember around his contract time, he he had skipped a couple. Yeah, it's it's possible. And and to be honest, like Earl, he's kind of guy who sort of like you know marches to the beat of his own drum. He's very very emotional. Yeah, he's very emotional. He, he's very um, you know, just kind of off. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to say it. He's just kind of off. He's he's just a funny, interesting guy. Um, but he's also uber competitive, and and you know, so it, it's just one of those things. I think he he really wants a new contract. We'll see how that works out. But I, I remember a couple of years ago, I was at his locker and he was talking midweek, which was I think kind of rare for him. And someone asked him a question about I forget what it even was. And it, it had nothing to do with his worldview, but the way he answered it, he literally said, I have a different worldview than anybody else. Yeah. And that's sort of what you need to remember about Earl Thomas. Yeah, he went up and said, come and get me to the Cowboys. I think that, I think it's possible the Cowboys get bored and just give a big offer for Earl Thomas. Yeah, maybe. I think that's possible. I don't know. I mean, if they haven't by now, though, you know, That's what I'm saying. Steve, Stephen Jones said the Cowboys are looking for just the right fit at the safety position. I don't know if that means they're just negotiating with the Seahawks or or what. I mean, there are safeties out there. The safety market is ludicrously undervalued at this point, and that's maybe one of the reasons the Seahawks can't, can't command. What What are the Seahawks commanding at this point? What do they want or what do they... What do they want look, and what are they getting? I think they wanted... I heard one report. They wanted like two first-round picks, oh, which obviously yeah, wasn't going to happen. Yeah, anytime now. I think that they probably could get a third, second or third for him now. Maybe. Probably a future second, I think, would be kind of like the going rate. Because sure. they still have to pay him top dollar. He's in his, he's going into the last year of his contract, so the team that gets him has to pay him top dollar. And like you said, the, the safety market right now is really stagnant or, or going in the opposite direction. It's kind of weird. So um, he's going to want to be paid more than Eric Berry. And that's, mm-hmm. I think that's like the bar that you have to set. So, so any team that gets it is going to have to shell out big money. Yep. Okay. Here's my prediction. Aaron Rodgers deal gets done and it changes the way we think of salary structures. It's just mm-hmm. a prediction. It, you have the Kirk Cousins deal over $80 million fully guaranteed. Then you have the Matt Ryan deal, which is over 30 years and over 30 years. 30 years. Over 30 years. That's a long-term <laughs> commitment. Jim, keep that in. I'm an idiot. Um, over $30 million in annual yeah. value money, not years. And that was a big jump. That was a huge jump. It's the first one of those. And the guaranteed money was massive. And I think you might see over 30 for Aaron and even more guaranteed. Yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers can hold that franchise hostage. Because he solves even more so than, I mean, especially more so than Matt Ryan. Aaron Rodgers solves all of their problems on offense. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is really good. He's really freaking good. And he's the reason that Ted Thompson looked like a genius, you know, drafting wide receivers. He's the reason that their offense can only dip so low, even with injuries when they pile up on offense, even with subpar talent in some situations. You have to have Aaron Rodgers for that team to work. And so if he wants to, and he should with the rising salary cap, there's a couple of ways to go. Number one, he asked for the moon financially. Okay, he can get it. What if he tries to change the paradigm of football 
and ask for a percentage of the salary cap. Yeah. Because the salary cap's rising double digits every year. And every here's the thing. Every single quarterback salary ends up looking like a bargain because of just the rising cap. And Aaron Rodgers is a good example of that. When Aaron Rodgers signed his contract a few years ago, it looked like he, he reset the market. And all of a sudden, you know, you look at Ryan Tannehill's money and you're saying, oh, wow, that, Rod- that Rodgers deal is like a bargain. That's- are, you gonna, are you saying like the contract would have a stipulation that he gets paid X amount of of the salary, the salary cap, cap yeah. each year, so we don't actually go into it knowing exactly how much he's going to make. Yeah, but you know, you sort of know the estimate going into it. Right, yes, right, yes, that'd be fascinating. That's what it is, yeah. and it wouldn't put out the Packers in any way because the salary cap is rising. Mm-hmm. So, if anybody's going to do it, it's Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. Who else has Who else has that sort of leverage? No one. I mean. See, I, I, thought, I was hoping that you were going to say that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have like an irreparable relationship at this point, and and he just leaves. That would have been, I guess. Fun. But I mean, they they can they can have him <laughs> under contract for kind of a while. Long I mean, they time. can franchise him. They can or franchise tag him into oblivion. Right. I, mean, I just think if Aaron Rodgers really wanted, he he was he signed a five year, hundred and ten million dollar contract last time around, which at the time seemed high, but is now ludicrously low. Right. Ludicrously low. He is going to be, by cap hit, in 2018, the 14th highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Holy crap. That's crazy. He's behind. Yeah, no, I don't think any player has more leverage than him at this point in their career. Right? He's still a good age. What is he, like 34? Yeah. Alex Smith is making $2 million less than Aaron Rodgers this year by cap hit. Jeez, that's crazy. Andy Dalton who, as we know, is just talent-wise on the same plane as him, but there's, there's some minor differences, is making Good callback. $4 Good callback. Million less. He's making 16 Aaron's making $2.5. I, I just... I, Aaron Rodgers, if he wants to reset the market forever, and I'm not talking about a little reset, I'm talking about changing the finances of the sport, he can do it. And I think I think he I think he should. Do you think it makes sense for the Packers to do it this year rather what are they than do? do? Yeah, I mean, as what opposed to like do? going the Kirk Cousins route and just franchise tagging him until they, yeah. they hate each other. I I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I feel like a disgruntled Rodgers isn't good yeah, for the dis- team. I mean, though. also he's disgruntled Rodgers. Why would he stick around for that? I mean, I just yeah. I. I I I mean why he he could threaten retirement he could do it he has I don't mean why would he stick around obviously the franchise tag you have to play with that but right. he is he's well rounded enough where he could say all right I'm gonna go start a Game of Thrones podcast <laughs> he's gonna join I mean he's that mode. kind of personality right that's He'd what I'm be saying the yeah yeah I'm saying that you know you have to pay the man because you want him to keep playing football he's at he's committed he's in shape every year if you're not gonna pay him he's good every year. I mean, he had one minor blip basically in the second half of 2015. Yeah, he had like a half a season slump. Yeah, and that was it. He's good every other year. If you're not going to commit to Aaron Rodgers, then you're not going to commit to anybody. That's the bottom line, really, yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else, Danny? Nah, that's that's good, man. All right. It's season stuff it's gonna right be, there. It's going to be a while. I'm not going to be back for a while. I'm getting Are, married. Is it public knowledge why you're leaving? Why I'm leaving for a month? For out of the country? Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting married. 
Okay, cool. Congratulations, by the way, for that. Thank you. I didn't know if you're like. Are we going to just re-legislate this in public now? That, or are you are you <laughs> congratulating me in front of everybody now? So now that it's public yeah, when, knowledge. When we actually talk after, I'm going to rescind my congrats. Thank, in, in private. Yes. Excellent. That's that's the only thing I wanted. All right, Danny. But thank you for joining no. us. It's the off season. Enjoy the off season. Happy off season, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's all we've got for today. As always, thanks for joining us. GM Street will be here next week. Thank you for listening to the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network.